0: Welcome to the land of dreams and madness, where children's stories come to life. I'm Max.
1: I'm Matt. And I'm Luke.
0: And this is Force for Thought. Hello and welcome back to Force for Thought. We just finished watching Ahsoka Episode 6 and holy cow, I know it sounds like we're beating a dead horse here but I'm going to have to give it another 10 out of 10. Every
2: episode (laughs) just gets better. (laughs)
0: Luke?
2: Again, another ten they easy keep, call.
0: They keep knocking it out of the park. Holy cow! Okay, where to begin? We get Thron, we get Ezra, we get Night Troopers, which were insane. Night Sisters. Night Sisters. Uh, the Great Mothers. Oh my gosh! So um, let's, let's just let's just start from the beginning. Oh gosh. Are
2: they called Night Troopers?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Night Troopers.
1: the Night like- Sisters. oh it flows so well. It does. It it's- all makes sense, and this is, real quick, before we go from the episodes, I almost feel like in theaters last week, they should have done a double feature of last episode and this episode, because last episode, there was all this hype that it was gonna be the best episode, Dave Filoni's directing it, maybe we hyped it up more than than anything, and even though it was fantastic, right, because we, we have this Hayden Christensen, we, we get Darth Vader, it was um, right, it was great, there's literally no complaints on my end from that, we get the, the Clone Wars flashbacks, um, and yet... I think this is the moment, these moments have what we've been waiting for this entire show so far. So even though last week was so stellar, this week I would say is equally as stellar for different reasons.
0: I think almost more stellar for different reasons. I agree, yeah. Last week, I, I agree, and it's interesting because last week our episode wasn't that long because really only the one thing happened in the episode, and it yeah. was absolutely amazing, and yes. I, I love watching it. I've already watched it like a hundred times, but I feel like this one was just so substantive where yes. there wasn't a whole lot of flash this episode, but you just... Oh, that's not even true. I mean, how could you not say that this is Flash? I know. I'm, I'm staring at the TV right now and we have it paused on this army of night troopers and thrawn walking down I a know. procession of them.
1: Um Would you but, say it's reminiscent of the Emperor or getting on the shit? You know, I think there might be an <laughs> yeah. Easter egg in there. Sorry, that's my, one of my favorite running gags now is me consistently asking if it's a reminiscent of something that's obviously <laughs> <referenced>. <laughs> it's obviously just
0: Um, but it was I mean, there's just so much uh fat to chew on this episode. It's yeah. a lot of
1: I've been deconstructing my head a little bit of why last week's episode was a little, again, it was 40-something minutes. It's not, it's 10 minutes shorter, maybe. But there's something, you know, and we were also very enthusiastic, but there's something You mean our
0: episode, the Force for Thought episode? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry, the other episode was 52 minutes, uh, the actual Ahsoka episode. And I think it's because, you're right, we are in this one long, continuous kind of story, and it's hard to break up. Where even now, where I'm thinking of like- when uh Sabine and the Howler—not to jump too far ahead—but when they're we do, we just get a moment right of them separating and walking away from each other, and it's like a little comedic beat, but it's also a little heartfelt. And it's like that; just those little moments build up the the story and the world uh so much more. And I'm also not excited to see that Howler either die or just not make it with Sabine.
2: Seems like Ezra is not a fan of the Howlers. So well, yeah, they was, seem to be
1: surprised. a villainous type creature, presumably. Yeah. And also, Ezra, I know, again, we should go in order a little bit, but Ezra is uh, beyond just being kind of a cute boy, a cutie. He's um, a cute man. Yeah. I, I think I think he d- he has that boyish charm, though. Like, everything has changed, and yet nothing has changed. It, yeah. was,
2: it was so weird seeing him with a beard, because like, I know you have that one scene in Rebels where he's in a beard and, like, a, a flash-forward kind of thing, yeah. but I remember when they were doing the casting for Ezra, and everyone thought it was going to be the actor who plays Aladdin, mm-hmm. because it's the only mainstream famous Middle Eastern 20-year-old guy that anyone knows. And it was, like, and then really they showed, popular at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then they showed um, this actor, who knew and knew, no one knew, but everyone looked at him and was like, yep, that looks exactly uh-huh. like Ezra, so that's going to be perfect. Do you th- and honestly, yeah. I think he looks less like Ezra now, just because he's got a, got his beard and he, his outfit was so outlandish, but it's... Great casting, and I can't wait to see where he's, it goes.
0: He's nomadic now, but his outfit yeah. was also at the same time very reminiscent to me of a Jedi. It felt maybe it's because like you associate that he's type, got robes, yeah, like with like classic like Obi Wan Kenobi on Tatooine, right, where he's a nomad too, kind of in that rugged garb, but still the Jedi yeah. robes. Whereas this wasn't necessarily like a robes, but it still had like that kind of flowy vibe yes. to it.
1: Sorry, Max, I, th- I threw us way off. Get... Go on no. with your the beginning.
0: You're good. So, yes, let's start at the beginning. Let's start with Ahsoka and Huyang Yang blasting off through hyperspace, a, a different, different type hyperspace. of hyperspace. Yes.
1: Yes. So, that was so exciting. That was so exciting. <laughs> we all said, write that down for some reason. Like, one of us would forget. <laughs> like I don't know why we said <laughs> it that. It looks
2: marginally different. I want to talk about it.
1: I know. I do, though. <laughs> yeah, it looks does, beautiful. What does
0: that mean? Let's overanalyze. So they, they travel, presumably, at speeds faster
1: than... We've seen other hyperspace travel? I assume all the colors mean faster. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would so.
0: um, And then we got that nice little back and forth with Huyang Yang and Ahsoka, and I absolutely love that intro. And listen, I feel like it could have been done so McClunky by anyone other than Dave Filoni. Yeah. But because he wrote it, that line with Huyang Yang starting the story, taking place, a long time ago in a galaxy far far away I, it, it, I was so happy with that line
1: yes and it's because it's earned they set this they set the stakes up two minutes prior when they're talking about the story and it's exactly what you would say in us when you begin a story and it's mm-hmm. not it could have easily been a what's your what's your last name oh I don't know and then just a solo moment right it could have been that but it's not but then also what are the implications I know I said this <laughs> jokingly but what are the implications of like that every movie starts like that. The show doesn't. What is the implications that he knows that? I mean, I know it's just like a fun bit. It's like, oh, he said it, but like, it it's also, it mean? It also
2: speaks well to the show that like everything up to now was the prelude, yes. basically. Like the I show know. is basically starting right now. Yep. This is where we're getting all the meat.
1: And they also, the Huying line, I like a lot. I mean, in the beginning, it's just a jokey line, which is intergalactic space travel in a whale. Now I've done it all. Yeah, good. Coming from a person
0: who's been around for thousands of years. Yes, yeah.
1: Nine hundred, including, include, uh, according to this show, though. And
0: there was another good nine hundred years.
1: I think that's what he said. Nine hundred something years. He, and he we... hasn't seen a
2: lightsaber like Balin Skulls in I think five hundred years.
0: Oh, but, oh
1: okay.
2: Canonically, he is uh, like twenty
1: five thousand yes, years old. Yes, that's what I thought.
0: Um, and there was also that other uh good line that you wrote down between Huyang and Ahsoka.
1: Yes, which is no Thrawn, no war, but no Ezra. Is it worth it? I know. Yeah. And uh you know, as from the viewer, yeah, it's very worth it. This is all I want to see. But right. it
0: is, <laughs> not much of a TV show. <laughs> I know.
1: It's a, it's man, it, it i I am like a little heartbroken uh, for for Ezra to re, to realize what Sabine actually has done just to save him, and at the same time, massive flattery obviously to save him. But it's it's one of those things where I feel bad, you know. not again, not to jump too far ahead, but it's it's more about the grand the overall arcing show and kind of the grand spectacle of it. Is that Ezra said, "It's it's taken you long enough, right? He's expected his friends to come find him, and unfortunately, Sabine is the only one who still continues. Yes, Hera does as well. Obviously, she has a child, so her her time's taken up. But she is doing things in a different way. She's becoming a general, and she's trying to use her resources in order to find Ezra. I'm not. We don't know what we're not sure what Zeb's plan is with finding Ezra. Well, and, no, it was always Sabine's
2: yeah. journey because." Ezra left that extra message for her that he's counting on her to come and find him yes. and see this
1: through. That's true, but it's still so sad, I feel like. The fact that she's the only one and she finally did, but what she had to do in order to find him is... potentially cost the galaxy at least a war as we know that is coming
2: yeah and i feel like ezra's been around long enough and maybe he just got rose colored rose tinted gaggles seeing sabine again but when he says like how'd you get here what's going on and she's like let's not talk about that right now i know why not
1: sabine yeah you you really gotta have a conversation real soon yeah it's gonna come up
0: at some point rip that band-aid off yeah um all right so let's talk about um that was really that was all we saw of Ahsoka this whole episode, actually. Yep, which,
1: yeah. which I think is perfect.
0: Yeah. Um, we got
1: a lot of her last episode, so it was mm-hmm. nice. You kind of uh, interlude with her, and then we just, you know, we, we get on with it.
0: And then we cut back to Sabine's storyline, obviously, with Morgan Elsbeth, Balin Skull, and Shin Hati. They arrive at Peridia, which we find out is a- apparently a graveyard to the Pergil. It's where they come to die. Yeah. Um, they come to the planet. They are greeted by, uh, what do they call them? Gra- I almost said Grandmother um the, the night scissors yeah
2: the mothers though are something special the something, great mothers great
0: mother was that what it was the night sisters um three night sisters who are here on peridia and have he been so aiding scary. thrawn assisting advising we don't exactly know that story yet um but i absolutely love that fake out though where yeah. um they imprison sabine she's sitting in that cell and she's trying to use the forest once again and i it, I bought it. I thought for a second, okay, I think this is like the third time they showed it now. So I was like, oh, rule of three, right? She's going to start using the Force now. And then it starts moving. And I was like, okay, here we go. They've been building up to this. And it was a fake out. And it was Thrawn arriving on his Star Destroyer, the Chimera. What an entrance that was. I know.
2: On the page, that's just like, and then Thrawn shows up in his Star Destroyer and picks them up. But on the screen, that scene was so awesome. Yeah. It reminds me of that meme of from uh, Lord of the Rings where... Uh, Peter Jackson said to Howard Shore, the guy writing the music, that uh, "All right, this scene's just uh, nine guys in a pony walking past a rock. No need to make it that epic." And then <laughs> on, on the screen, it's like one of the most amazing visuals of all time with the music. And that's how I felt watching the Chimera arrive. I was like, yep. "Oh my god!" Like I knew this obviously was the next beat, but it is so cool.
1: It's battle torn as well. It's 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 got gold plating yeah. over it. Mm-hmm. Also, the gold ship that they take down uh, is is great with uh, yeah, from the Eye of Zion. Yes, yeah. it's so cool. Um, I mean, the whole show is visually striking. Like it does not seem like they're filming the volume again. I don't have a problem with the volume and I know that's a big complaint, but it just, it does feel different for some reason. I don't know. You know it's not like they shoot Mandalorian quick. Uh, I believe they said that it takes 30 something days to film a one singular Mandalorian episode. So they're not shooting quick. It's just, this is just so, so cool looking and I'm not sure there's more going on and, you know, I, I, I saw, I think we talked about it, how like Andor is like the best when it's like grounded and gritty. And this is the best when it's embracing the uh, all the, the fantastical elements part in, in it. And I think both of those shows, what they have in common, why I think they're both going to be our favorites, right? I can say that probably Ahsoka is going to be like one or two next to Andor.
0: I don't know how bad these next two episodes would have to tank for me to not say that this is one of my favorites.
1: Yes, okay, so same. Yeah, I agree. A, all right, in agreement then. Um the but the fact that we're able to see so many different locations all the time. And so it's not like Book of Alpha when you're in that town, which is fine that you're in that town, right? The entire Phelix. time. But like the fact that she we can see uh, you know, we can see the ship and the eye of Sion. We can uh we can see, I guess. Technically, this is kind of the, looks like kind of the same set with uh, with the Night Sisters, <laughs> where Hera was last seen, I guess, as well. But we're able to see all these different locations, I think, in a single episode, which makes it super interesting. And we are able to cut between characters, which I absolutely love.
2: We get a lot of good Balen Skull and Shin Hati content for the first time in a long time. At the same time, I kind of feel like we didn't learn that much because but there's we, knew, we knew we knew Balin Skull was a Jedi. We know he's doing something. In his mind, bigger and better than Thrawn, unrelated to Thrawn, and uh, we knew that Shin Hati is his apprentice. They didn't really like develop the characters further, but boy, are they making me more and more intrigued every time they're on screen.
1: I agree, and it also kind of begs the, the question of like Shin Hati is going along with Bailin Skull, knowing next to nothing about mm-hmm. him or his plan, which is making me question kind of why she's there. Like it feels like if he has like a great cause, or like how do they find each other? Like, I'm, I'm really interested in all of that, to be honest. Like, yeah. there's so much backstory that I'm like, how did you guys meet? And then, oh, how did you meet? Like, he had to have saved her or something and being able to train her. Like, I'm wildly interested. With that being said, even if we get a backstory, they're just having these conversations now. So that's also, it's not like Morgan is the one who put brought them together, presumably. It's just, they, they're kind of a duo set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because
0: there was that interaction where Balin said that Ezra was trained as a Jedi after the fall of the Order. And uh, Shin said, uh, kind of like me, or something to that effect. Yeah, and he said, "No, I trained you for to be so much more than that, or mm-hmm. something." But it it was like in a way that she still doesn't even understand. So it's like a yeah. lot of things are being left in the dark. I there was a way that they cut to Balin when they were putting um, uh, uh, Sabine in that little jail cell or whatever.
1: When they referred to her as it, I was that was yeah Vicky. yes it will wait in solitude. There yeah, was a way I that they that cut down. to
0: Balin that I was like, ooh, there's there's something going on inside him. I don't know if he's fully bad, if he's I don't faking it. But then I'm like, ah, but he also slaughtered all those people in that first episode. But he also told them they were making a mistake. I don't know what his motives are. But clearly, yeah. he has a very, very strong motive. And the more they hint at it, the more it's killing me.
1: I know. And the worst part about it is that we're not going to get presumably some sort of any sort of uh you know we're not gonna get any sort of uh resolution to it unless they you know everything kind of goes copacetic with these and they're set up for a season two and then you know we cut to six months a year later and Balin is unfortunately passed away and then we get shin Hadi taking over his his kind of goal like he's the only way i can see it play out because i don't see it ending in two episodes like This except- seems
0: mm-hmm. th- i am gonna Throughout out a wild prediction here because there seems to be a lot more conflict in balin's skull than there does in shin hati when shin hati oh, yeah. is doing something evil she seems to enjoy it whereas balin doesn't seem to be getting that same emotion out of it like mm-hmm. i said in that very first episode when he was telling the captain hail you are making a mistake it seems genuine i agree so yeah. i think there may be a splitting of ways between shin and Balin, where maybe they don't see eye to eye in the end maybe Balin reveals what he's been training shin hati for this whole time and she disagrees with him and she kills him who knows i think there's going to be a splitting of ways i don't think he's going to make it past this season
2: i don't think so either i also really enjoyed the scene on the shuttle the gold, the cool gold ship that you mentioned from Mm -hmm. the eye of scion when shin hati is just staring down sabine that gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Like, Sabine, you should apologize right now for trying to hurt her. <laughs> like, I am fully <laughs> on board with Shin Hatsi, and no, my God. off the Sabine train. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. Cyril, now this. Um, something else that I liked about Balin's kind of monologues were the ideas of cycles and how it's the rise of the Jedi. And then the – does he say it's the rise of the – what does he say? The rise of the Jedi and the, the, fall fa- of... the fall of the Jedi and the rise of the Empire. Yes. and then it repeats. And the yeah, and the cycles. I think I love yeah. that, and I love how he wants to start at the beginning. I was like, man, that is a really, it's a really powerful phrase because I feel like that is what we see all the time, and I it's very mm-hmm. entertaining to watch. It is.
2: It's like what Moskinata said in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I've seen evil take many faces. First the Sith, then the Empire, now the First Order, and so it's yeah. that same kind of sentiment. Just. So much more captivating when he says, I'm going to break the entire cycle and start with something new. Yeah. What does that possibly mean?
0: And it is interesting given the context of we know the First Order comes. so We know whatever it is, Balen Skull is ultimately going to be unsuccessful at it.
1: Unless it's in this galaxy. Or maybe it is the First Order. Or maybe it is the First Order. Yeah, he's just kind of like, well, my plan didn't work out, but I can pretend like this was it the entire time. Yeah, yeah, I
0: hope that It's like a full 180. It's like, all right, let's just bring back the Empire. Screw it. (laughs) I'll take the fleeting.
1: Maybe (laughs) Balen Skull is Snoke. He's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> every that, every episode, that. you throw out a theory that I have to go like, uh ah, no. Yeah, what no. was it the other day? <laughs> it's, it's something every time. I don't know. I can't I think of them all either. Um, Reva. It was
1: like Reva was Merrick or something. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, something just nonsensical. But it, it makes me think for a second, and I'm like, no, okay, no. There's no way that could we
1: got to move on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I, That's I, what's I, fun. No idea is a bad idea.
0: Well, there's no stupid questions, <laughs> There's just stupid people, that type of thing. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit then about what happens next, which is the arrival of Thrawn. We see him march down a procession of what are called Night Troopers, all chanting Thrawn. Uh, we talked about it a are you little sure it's not bit. Shadow
2: Troopers? I thought it said Shadow Troopers. No, it's still no. Night Troopers. Okay. okay, yeah, I wrote that down
1: too.
0: Um, we we I think uh, talked about it a little bit as we were watching it in live time, but. I think they very clearly had Maroc be that little, like, hint of what was to come. Because I think as soon as he died and you saw that kind of puff of green smoke, you're like, okay, he must have been some sort of, like, undead uh, uh, version of what brother was it that died in the Rebels? Eighth brother. Eighth brother. Some sort of undead version of that, that um, Morgan Elsbeth or a different Night sister somehow resurrected. And now we have these Night troopers who I am predicting, and I, I think pretty strongly implied, that they are an army of undead stormtroopers that have been resurrected through night sister magic.
2: Yeah, there's so many cool places this could go. I, like, I'm just imagining all of the implications like Thrawn's going to come back to this galaxy and the Imperial Remnant is going to be like, yeah, Thrawn, let's reunite! And then they're going to see his army and be like, "Uh, I don't like this. And then <laughs> Thrawn could just like kill him and take him anyway to be his army. That would be cool. The design of them, how they Kind of cobble together their armor like uh, Ky- fixing Kylo Ren's mask in the Rise of Skywalker is awesome. Their red tinsel all around. Yeah, we thought those Black Series holiday figures were just like a fun holiday thing, but
1: p- maybe it was alluding to this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was it. <laughs> was there? There was a line at the end where Thrawn talks to Morgan about not needing a third battalion or something. Is that? Am I misremembering that line where he's like?
2: No, he said two squadrons will do, and she says, why don't we send more to kill them all? Kill and them all?" He says, two will do, Fine. okay, because we don't have." Because he said that something like we lost a lot of people and we yeah. don't have many. Yeah, but so, are they fighting again? Which is like
0: classic Thrawn, though. I mean, he's very pragmatic, yeah. right?
2: He's I mean, very. I know, but I also I, was like super on board when he said our main goal is getting back to the prime galaxy or whatever the, the good galaxy is. Yeah, and Star Wars said, proper. Yeah, and he said Star Wars we can. Lee, we can kill ezra and sabine or leave them here it makes no difference and for that matter same with the mercenaries and it's like yeah you're right why don't you just shut the door and be done with them and now yeah.
1: yeah the entrance of Thrawn is 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 exactly what i wanted it to be um it yeah you know you were talking about him wa- marching down in the procession but also the music there is this uh these organs that are playing in the, in the background like these pipe organs that are haunting in its own right mm-hmm. and I, I catch it every single time um it's not even like a like a spooky theme like the vader theme is very iconic obviously that is like done with the same instrumentation as the rest of them is like the same thing with the leia theme but like this specifically just has a different tone to it for thrawn and i think just that music in the background carries such a heaviness um and then when he's finally you know seen and he's talking it's like yep that is that is the thrawn that we know because of his voice. He looks a little different, but also time has passed, right? And so it's like yeah,
2: exactly. They get a they get a real magic erase marker to kind of wave their hand at no matter what. Yep. If he doesn't look perfect, you can exactly. say that. And then
1: they double down with it with Ezra with the beard too. So it's like it mm-hmm. literally feels cohesive, and it's not like oh this guy doesn't look exactly like Thron because he's not as jacked or something. And it's like well, I would rather have the voice I think and have this mm-hmm. than. Kind of shoehorning in a, a random voice and then being able to, I don't know, do a little bit more physically, but like Thrawn is scary, isn't as scary because he is physical? I mean, he can throw down and fight. We've seen it a lot in, in Rebels, yeah. but I think what is spookier about him is the fact that he is so calculated and like the, the, the decisions to leave the mercenaries. I know that doesn't matter because he doesn't care about them one instance, but like it is that decision making off the coffee's He's just like, yep, yeah, we can leave whoever here, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I
2: agree that bringing back Lars Mikkelsen for the voice because Thrawn's voice is so distinct and iconic. Yeah. you, you got to go with the same voice. But I did have the same thought. Like he was yoked in yeah. Rebels, and this guy is bloked. Not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's he's not like overweight, but he's just he's far from elite fighting shape. Yeah. But I think that's worth it. I don't. I don't think that they'll that'll be like a story element that he like let himself go in exile. But it's just I been think a couple years. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's kind of the trade-off of having the same voice actor, and I think it's worth it.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And y- you have to remember, too, that the animation is stylized, right? So,
1: like the sharp jawline and stuff, like you talking about like how sharp he is.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, like, just look at, like, a, a, I think Clone Wars is a better example because Clone Wars has a lot more characters that you see in live action. I mean, like, look at Clone Wars Mace Windu. Like, mm-hmm. you, you don't look at that and just be like, oh, yeah, that's obviously Samuel L. Jackson. Like, it's it's a stylized version of them, right? So I, I don't know, mind when things come from animation to live action and they look a little bit different.
2: I know. At, at the same time, I agree with you, but also then there's Hera, who looks the exact same by all standards, So they can do it, but sometimes you, but they got a different actor than Vanessa Marshall. So they either take the likeness or the voice. And so it's a trade-off. I think they're doing it right every time so far.
0: They can. You're right. And I think another example of that is Chopper. I think Chopper, I am amazed with how well he translated from animation to live action. But yeah, you got to think about it the other way around, right? Like if... Like, the Clone Wars, again, going from live action to animation, no one was upset with the stylization choices that they made. I understand that they can't make everything come directly from life. From animation to live action, so you have to accept a little bit of the fact that animation is inherently stylized.
1: And then the uh, the, the main night trooper is so cool with Enoch? his face. Yeah, Enoch? Is that how you say it? I wrote Zanuki for some reason. <laughs> that's not correct it was, it was <laughs> definitely written as enoch yeah. i forget how they say enoch, it exactly enoch. but yeah, it with that E-N-O-C-H. being said <laughs> the lights were off and i have bad handwriting that's
0: true maybe you did write that correctly
2: <laughs> yeah he has a face that looked awesome i have no it's, it's like um how we were talking about captain rex in the last episode uh it's like just looking at him it's like oh why do you like that one more it's Cause he looks cooler. What are you talking about? Like, look <laughs> yeah. at him. It's
1: awesome. Have you ever been yeah. a child and thought like that <laughs> because I'm still in that state of mind. Exactly. Um, a great Thrawn line, and, and this is not the exact exactly word for word because I also wrote Zanuki, so you know who knows. Um, but when Thrawn's talking to Sabine and he says how that singular action will shape the galaxy, it's so haunting. And I don't think he says action. That's a singular. Motive or something I don't know, but that is so haunting. Sabine's he is confident. He knows that he is about to come back and change
2: everything. Mm-hmm.
1: I know, and it's like why not? Why has Ezra done nothing? But like I, would, I need to know. Obviously, I see why. But like when they were Ezra last did there,
2: everything. You bite your tongue. What are you talking about? The no, got he got him here. I Ron know. Still had
1: an army, and Ezra was just Ezra. I know, but I'm wondering like what happened between then. Um, you know, obviously like, obviously now Ezra is kind of, uh, walking with these, these turtle people, um, and going from base camp to base camp cause they can't stay anywhere for, for too long. So I wonder what other threats are out there, um, as well, and what other creatures and what they have to hide from. Cause it is weird that he's just kind of exiled into this, you know, not even his like species or anything. Um, I, who knows what else is out there, right? I, just feel, I feel bad. He's just kind of like by himself, <laughs> just waiting.
2: Yeah, he seemed to be the leader of this little turtle tribe. Yeah. So he's doing it well. I wonder if the turtles were really thriving before him. Maybe there's a nice little story about how he (laughs) united all the turtles under one banner. A little Game of Thrones kind of story where he shows up and unites them. I've been been. watching a lot of Game of Thrones. Oh, have you really?
1: (laughs) No, no, Game of Thrones is great. Honestly, I was going to mention Game of Thrones because this episode specifically reminded me a lot of it. Especially with Sabine on the Howler kind of galloping through. It was very much like medieval times. And honestly, this whole like barren landscape, you know, usually we're used to sand in Star Wars, you know, Tatooine. And, and I feel like we're kind of treated as something a little different here where everything is breezy and, and gray skies and grassy. And this whole show has been moody. Um, but this specific galaxy and planet that we're introduced to is so vastly different, but in her riding that howler and just like her meeting these like samurai tuscan raiders <laughs> is what i would compare them to um in the middle it just feels very medieval-esque or game of thronesy um what season of thrones are you on <laughs> well it's actually a funny story because in true gen c
2: fashion i am not rewatching game of thrones i am simply seeing six different game of thrones tiktoks a day from various seasons and episodes so. all, right, all right never mind i don't <laughs> like i asked that question and that, that was the answer to
1: it <laughs>
0: Um. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, Sabine and the Howler fighting off the, I believe Luke referred to them as we were watching it, the Notskin Raiders, uh, the Tuscan Raiders that are... I just a little more samurai. I don't yeah. know how you explain them, that's but they do sound it. the same. Uh, I,
2: yeah, I was mixing not and Tuscan. I was not talking, I was not saying uh, Nazi raiders, which is kind of how I heard it. I hope that's not how you how said it. Is that how it sounded like <laughs> when I just said it now? <laughs> it did. That's how I heard it. I
0: When, when you first raiders. said it, I heard it as not skin raiders, as in like they were skinless.
2: Mm. No, I was just trying to say not Tuscan Raiders and and mesh the words together. But they look awesome, yeah. and they have helmets on. Uh, they're gonna be. I think there's gonna be some sort of reveal on who's underneath the helmets. If if it's some sort of rebellion against the Thrawn army or something like that. But mm-hmm. Ezra's not with them. I wonder if he's met them. I think there's gonna be a lot of good story to tell there. Yeah. But let's go back to the other galaxy i didn't really want to spend that much time here i was hoping it would just be like a pit stop and they would pick them up and turn around what is thrawn even what are they even doing to prepare for their journey back home i thought they could literally just turn around dock the star destroyer and go but thrawn is like oh we have to make preparations i think they're loading from from the
1: catacombs right the they're consistently loading the bodies
2: yeah what what was that catacombs do they bring the catacombs from the other galaxy In the Eye of Zion to Thrawn?
1: No, I think they're loading, that's like their docking station, so they're bringing up all the catacombs into the Star Destroyer so that they can then dock the Star Destroyer with a bunch of new bodies, then go back to the Star Wars proper in order to presumably resurrect them and have a bigger army. It was my understanding of what they're doing.
2: Okay, but they don't want to resurrect them all right now because
1: they expire? (laughs) Maybe. They
0: expire. Real quick, going back. (laughs) Gotta keep them all on ice.
1: When, who I would call Zanuki said, uh, setting off Sabine on the Howler, when he says, die well, what a brutal line. Yeah. Maul says that too
2: to Gar Saxon in the Siege of Mandalore when he says we need reinforcements and Maul's
1: like, nah, I'm done. Die well, Mandalorian.
0: (laughs) It's a great line. Yeah, that's right, he does.
1: That's good. Anyway, sorry, go on with the... Tusken Raiders are not skin. No, that Raiders. was it. I just oh, wanted
0: okay. to wanted to address it. It was cool. Uh, we got to see some action with Sabine using her blasters as well as a lightsaber. Um, yeah, I just I like that beat a
2: lot. I think there's like a 1% chance, but I would love to see it happen, that Sabine gives Ezra back his lightsaber, and he just pulls out another one. He's like, actually, you can keep it. I, I made one while I was here, so
1: we both have a lightsaber now. But it's just a stick, and he's clearly gone crazy. <laughs> 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 he makes the room <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, like, oh, no, what happened? That, that's why
0: Thrawn's not worried at all. He's like, no, seriously, we can just leave that guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> does, he is no longer a threat. Yeah.
2: There was a lot of uh, neat little lore things that was not um, that new, but I loved. There was the rolly blast door on the Eye of Scion. Yes. Instead of a shh, up and down blast door, it just kind of rolled to the side.
1: I like the sound effects. I imagine that was for cost-cutting reasons. (laughs) They didn't want to CG the blast door going up and down. Oh, no, I meant for the actual construction. (laughs) Yes.
2: Well, no, because they made the whole transport shuttle out of sheer gold, it looked like. (laughs) That's true.
1: And the the ships. no expense. Can you imagine how heavy that would have to be, the blasters, to hold that golden ship up?
0: Yeah. If, if Donald Trump drove around in any ship in Star Wars, it would have been the Eye of Scion.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, I wanted to talk about this
2: last week also. The droids on the Eye of Scion and then on uh, mm-hmm. Thrawn's Star Destroyer, the Chimera, they all have like an evil voice, which makes sense. But like, do they program these droids <laughs> differently to be with bad guys? Because if you had like a C-3PO <laughs> sounding droid in there, it would just look, it would not fit the aesthetic at all. It's and the... vice versa. If they had those droids in the Rebellion or something... Because they do sound evil and menacing, but they're just droids. Do they program in this way? They, Is it like Siri where you can select their voice?
1: I'm going to say yes, because Max always brings this up. It's the equivalent of having a motorcycle like vroom all the time. It's not needed. They can t- cut the vroom out, Yeah, <laughs> but they just want it there.
0: Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I think it's a vibe thing. Yeah. They choose. They yeah. choose,
1: yeah. You have to set the tone. It, and it works.
0: Yeah. Um, um, all right, so let's talk a little bit then about the teenage mutant not ninja turtles.
2: Yeah, cool. They kind of look like Turgle from uh Jedi Survivor. That's who I thought first. And then they also kind of look like Colonel Gascon from uh the Clone Wars. Yes. But I don't know if it's really either of those species or if it's something new. Either way, I'm excited. I love seeing uh new creature designs. The Hermit Shell thing was definitely new.
1: That was a really funny beat. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was. The um not to skip for. I mean, I like those things. I I'm, I like the the uh, the rebel symbol, and they they recognize that. I think it's a really smart plot like plot device to move the story along, and for them to inevitably, you know, sh- to end up being in this little turtle town, and then you know Ezra just casually shows up, which is a great you know contrast into this huge um, you know entrance for Thrawn. We mm-hmm. just get this subtle. He's he blurred out in the background. He just has his line. Took you long enough, and we finally then see him, and he's just. You know, exactly that kind of that boyish charm, um, but a little bit more grown up. And, and I,
2: I thought we were going to mm-hmm. see him this episode, even like during that scene. I thought we were going to see him later this episode. But I said as they got to that village, like, oh, those little shell huts are too small for Ezra to live in. There's, He's not going to be here. Yeah.
0: yeah. I didn't say anything about that, but I don't know why you thought that. Those were plenty spacious enough.
2: It's, what are you talking about? They were designed for those little turtle people. Ezra's like
1: three times their size. I mean, it was I like the, the size could... of
0: like a tent or something. I mean, he could still live in it. It's not like the most comfortable thing in the world.
1: I think he's kind of doing the tiny home thing. Yeah, and it's de- de- just the it's latest definitely a tiny home thing. It's the latest
0: and trend in a, in this new galaxy.
1: I
2: guess he doesn't really have the option to live luxuriously given his circumstances,
1: but... or if he has the the stick saber, maybe he does and he's an outcast like dullard of the town. <laughs> all
0: these uh all these little turtle hermit people are actually taking care of Ezra. They are the caretakers
1: of him. <laughs> That's funny. I also love the line always a plan, never a good one. That's a great line. Yeah. And I like I, I like that uh I think that sums up the the Ghost Crew, honestly, in general. Well, maybe not always, but they always do have a plan. It's just not always a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, I'm gonna die by that. Yeah, it is. A, it is a good. One
2: line I really liked was uh, when they announced Ahsoka's arrival, and Thrawn just said, "That is unwelcome news." Yes, so that,
1: the, dude, the way he said it felt like Office Space or something. Like he paused, and it was just like I wanted like to add a laugh track in there. He is not very
2: easily startled, and that shows. Well. That's a bummer. <laughs>
0: uh, there was a line that I like too from Thrawn, where he said, "Death and resurrection are not just tricks of Sisters and Jedi."
1: Did you write that down? I cannot believe you remember that. I, as he, after he said it, I wrote the first three words down. I was like, I can't get that quote correct. <laughs> um, I loved it. Yeah,
0: though. it was it was awesome. Um, and again, heavily implies because I mean, is it just safe to assume that this is an army of the undead?
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: I feel
0: like it there's going to be a bunch it seems of speculation arrogant to really hang
2: our hat on it in case we're wrong but No, I'm hanging on, my hat on it. Like the, at the that.
0: catacombs like you saw them like moving what were presumably bodies in there. He talks about death and resurrection. We've seen it with Marak. yeah. I feel like it's pretty confirmed at this point.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um I also just love the 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 combination, you know, the Ezra and Sabine reuniting scene. I thought it was very nice. It wasn't, you know, they they talk because it's like an awkward moment, presumably. And Then they finally end up hugging, and it's like this nice little release. It's like, a finally. They finally got there. But mm-hmm. it's like after all that time, after all that hardship, they finally found each other. Um, and it's a little – it's a, it's heartwarming, and yet it's going to be devastating 10 minutes into the next episode.
2: I know. Sabine's going to be talking, and it's she's going to cut to Ezra. You what? Yeah. You
0: what? <laughs> yeah.
1: We're going to cut back. Actually, it's going to be the end of Hu Yang's story. <laughs> And and that's because he, has,
0: with <laughs> he has Sabine, like, did it work, which, like, implies, like, you know, like, oh, did we defeat the the Empire and all that stuff, and it does, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know that Thrawn still exists, right? I mean, he should still know that Sabine is now here with him, and that Thrawn is also here as well.
1: That's what I want to know how, what happened after the events we saw last saw Thrawn and Ezra, because what leads him to believe that Thrawn is, is presumably Thrawn, he knows Thrawn's not dead. He has to see that Star Destroyer. <laughs> Clearly, he probably saw that Star Destroyer. Ezra? In-
2: Yeah. I mean, he was in the Star Destroyer.
1: No, I mean, currently. Like, he knows that Thrawn is still very much there. So, like, presumably, Ezra's first question is going to be, how do we get back? And then, obviously, it's going to be like, well, obviously, Thrawn is a massive threat to not only this galaxy, but, you know, Star Wars proper as well.
0: Yeah, because is there, I mean, did Ezra somehow arrive to this planet under the presumption that Thrawn was dead and then that he just left and Thrawn wasn't dead i mean i, don't see that I happening. yeah i 100 agree with you matt it's something that i've talked about on previous episodes they didn't just fly away to this galaxy far far away and then we're just like all right stalemate like let's just go our own ways and live like our yeah. own lives now something had to have happened so yeah like what is ezra's understanding of what happened to Thrawn? is Thrawn? undead was he brought back to life by these yep. night sisters as well i mean who knows there's a bunch of different things i could get
1: be. a flashback I don't, I
2: don't think that's possible i don't i don't think it's very i don't think it is the case i don't but think it's a very complicated story like you keep implying i think they took the pergill in the star destroyer to this uh, galaxy landed on this planet and then before ezra let go of thrawn with his little force push he jumped out the window and started living as a nomad right then
0: yeah that works I think that could be, but again, then he should have no reason to think that Thron is dead. So he should be a no. little bit concerned yeah, that Thrawn's Sabine alive. made it to him, knowing that Thron is also able to escape now too.
1: Yes, I agree. That's that's the basis of it. And he knows he's clearly knows he's alive because that Star Destroyer is not small. Yeah. And so clearly, <laughs> when he was docking, uh, by the Eye of Sion or whatnot, Ezra, it was not that far. He clearly saw that coming in. That thing is massive.
2: Yeah, I. I'm ready to start uh, thinking predictions for next week, and ready to be hopelessly mistaken. But I'm thinking that there's going to be some sort of uh, like Thrawn and company leave, and then Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine end up taking Balin and Shinhati back to the other galaxy. I'm on that
1: with that as well, and I don't know why, but I have a feeling that Ahsoka is going to sense that goodness in in Balin? I can't, or maybe it's going to be unwillingly because they don't want. Because whatever affects in both galaxies, they can affect each other. The Eye of Sion now is built. And so if they can build it, someone else can build it, which means those galaxies are not ever going to be fully separated, right? There's the chances going back. Well, they destroyed but the map. But it's the
2: map, yeah. That's true. But, but they, either but way. you can take the Pergil. But that's kind of a Jedi thing. But I think it's going to be like what Balin said about the Notskin Raiders that... Mm-hmm. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. For For now, now. (laughs) I think that's going to come up with um, Ahsoka and Co. And I think so too. That's how they're going to. I just mean like even Ahsoka. Ahsoka, Like
1: there's no way she can like leave Balin there, knowing that he could potentially create something worse or something terrible in this galaxy, and then potentially make his way back at some point.
0: Yeah, it raises a lot of questions from a meta perspective, because we know that Ahsoka is on her way here. So, Luke, you were talking about using this plan as like a pit stop to bring him back to the galaxy. I feel like this season might end with a cliffhanger of Thrawn returning to the galaxy. Something is going to go down on Peridia, because we have this army, Ahsoka is on her way, Ezra and Sabine are here. It would be kind of just like a weird beat to have everyone just like, okay, up and leave to this home galaxy and then just continue their beef there like i something has to go down here and like, i don't know what it's going to be because ahsoka isn't bringing an army
1: everyone's not making it back whether it's Balin or Shin, i assume it's gonna be maybe Balin. i just don't see everybody making it back
2: yeah i agree and i yet, also
1: feel like if mm-hmm. you
2: use the pergill to get back to the other galaxy it's kind of treating them like a taxi when it should be like a very mystical mysterious kind of thing yeah. so i wonder if maybe they won't even take the pergill back
1: yeah there's a, that's that's I don't know maybe they can take be taken prisoner. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of options. I mean, they wouldn't be taken prisoner because they could just leave them. That is a better option than taking anybody prisoner. Mm-hmm.
0: So this episode ends with Ahsoka coming back. Thrawn obviously knows that it's Ahsoka because he's always the pragmatic one, the one who's always level headed, and he starts making uh, what do you say? M- started making accommodations or whatever, and he asked the the Knight Sisters for what do you say he said i need i require one last favor one more favor i need to use your dark magic again yeah he said dark magic i think was that what it was Mm -hmm. um so what do you what do you think that is
2: i have no idea i mean we've seen night sister magic in the clone wars but there's no reason to believe this is going to be even similar i mean this is a whole nother galaxy like we know they descend from the same place but like humans and apes descended from the same place they could be completely different they could use the force in a completely different manner
1: I yeah I have honestly zero idea what it could be, I mean it's not resurrecting, I don't know what it could be I literally,
0: and that's but, what kind of, that's what makes drawn so freaky right because yeah. he's he's a he's a tactician he's the man with the plan and no one knows what that is.
1: I just see a row of tie fighters that I'm excited to see in use hopefully in the next couple episodes as well. Oh man yeah,
0: but what are they going to use that against though? Because like I said, Ahsoka's not bringing an army with her unless Ezra is leading an entire rebellion on this planet of all these turtle people.
1: Not even in this in this galaxy i feel like once they're on the next galaxy they're just gonna unleash just kind of hell
2: yeah because the new republic fleet is hanging out at the off-ramp for the route from this galaxy to yeah, the other. Are. so they're gonna get back to the other galaxy the new republic fleet's gonna be sitting there oh we're that's gonna, gonna a, be a slaughter hmm. that's gonna be a great space battle they will though. not
1: be ready for this no Jason, who's like eight years old, is me hanging out being like, I sent something. <laughs> no, no. They went back to Coruscant. They're safe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Carson, though. No, oh, Carson also went back, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Whew, thank God. No chance of him being annoying I think, again. I think it's just a bunch of uh, people in red shirts and shiny ships ready ready for slaughter. And then Zeb shows up the one time we see him on screen. Dead.
0: <laughs> so we only... This show's almost over. This I was know. episode six of eight.
1: And I loved it because the stakes feel so high every episode. Mm-hmm. And every episode we're waiting. I love when we watch Mandalorian. And I love when we watch Boba Fett and Kenobi. Kenobi's a little different but because it's a more continuous story through the whole thing. But it's like, I'm excited to see what happens this week when we watch Mando. But this is like, man, we, we're theorizing of what's going to happen next week, right? We're theorizing because we have this overarching show. And I love every single minute of it. And I know it's because we love Rebels. And I'm very interested in having somebody have not seen Rebels or Clone Wars watch this show and see their perspective. Because I haven't talked to anybody that has done that yet. Have you?
2: Have you guys? Mm, Yeah, my wife um, hasn't watched the animated shows and she's watching this. She likes it. She had a lot of questions about the world between worlds last week, but Mm -hmm. she just took it in stride. She was like, oh, is this like a force And I was like, no, not exactly. She's like, oh, is it like force space? Yeah,
0: it's world between worlds. It's more of a forced purgatory.
1: Yeah, so that's exactly what you should do. Because i had some conversations and people are really like not interested in in it um, because they haven't seen Rebels and they think it's a it's an insane thing. But I think that's the thing is that like you're when you're a Star Wars fan or a fan of anything, you're presumably you know inhaling this content when it's coming out. And worst case scenario, if I was a, if I was a very avid you know less intense Star Wars fan than I am. If I saw Ahsoka, I would watch this the first two episodes and be like, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to watch everything that's animated that led up to this point because it's super intriguing. And if this is intriguing, what happens before and how do I get that connection to these characters? Or worst case scenario, I think you watch this and you enjoy it and you're more intrigued. And you don't have to have that that background knowledge, I guess. And again, it's just going to... It's going to make it more worth it. Again, we always talk about what order you should watch the star Wars movies in. We've been talking about this. I, we, I feel like I've recommended a lot of people of how to watch those movies specifically. And it's, it, it is kind of tough. Cause it's like, what's going to actually grab your attention. I was just talking to our friend, James begin about this. And I was, cause he wants to listen to this podcast. Cause he has two, three friends on it and does not like star Wars. And so it's like how he's like, how do, can I listen to your, the, the, the podcast? I'm like, well, you should probably watch them star Wars or just listen to it for fun. Um, but it's like, it's hard to, like, I know what's going to grab your attention more, but then I have the the reason, or what I think is the right, the, the correct answer to start watching, just so you can kind of get into that, that, that fandom. Um, I know. At the tough. end of
2: the day, I think it's just doing it. Just, just watch it. Yeah. That's what I always say when people ask me, like, if they should watch Clone Wars or Rebels. I'm like, yeah, and just skip the first season or two. Like, if you're, I know you're not going to watch it if you start at the beginning. Just watch it. Just watch the good parts. Just watch whatever part you want, yeah. and you'll get what you get. If you end up loving it, you can go back and watch the parts that... We'll give it more context, and I think that's what's going to happen with Ahsoka. Because a lot of people are going to watch Ahsoka, and then they'll go back and watch Rebels and Clone Wars. Yeah,
1: I'd be interested. There's
0: so much to Clone Wars, though, that, that that would be such a crazy perspective to watch uh, Ahsoka and like right now, like looking at Thrawn and this army of the undead, and then being like, "Oh, you got to watch Clone Wars and Rebels to understand this," and then going back to watch like the first episode of Clone Wars and being like. So this is required reading for this. Huh? It's like, well, it, it evolves over the entire series, but yeah, it'll it'll get there. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy, and it, it's so cool though that this is really the first time I feel like in Star Wars where they're really starting to dive deep into something that. I don't want to say like real fans or true fans or anything like that, but like no. the fans of all the animated shows absolutely love, you know, because it is a little bit harder for somebody to get into this. I feel like who hasn't seen uh, rebels or clone wars. Um, but this is like the first time that star Wars has done this. Like this is like yeah. they're, you're, I feel like we're finally being paid off for watching uh Clone Wars and Rebels and everything. They're saying like okay, like this this is for you guys and everything else has been like a jumping on point. Like anyone can watch uh Kenobi. Like if you're just seeing the original trilogy, you can jump into that. Uh, Mandalorian is a jumping on point. Everything is a a easy jumping on point. Uh, this is the first one that seems to be like more of like a, a deep dive.
1: And that's not even to say paid off because the ending of Clone Wars or Rebels was bad or anything. It's just Rebels ends on a massive cliffhanger no, they,
0: they all end they all end incredibly yeah
1: that's yeah. tough um i don't have anything else to say on this episode i don't think is anybody i, I, I don't worry i was gonna ask for first thought. i was just gonna say i don't, don't want to wrap it up too quick unless anybody else had anything to say
2: no i don't think i have any closing notes i got all everything i wrote down out there uh looking at this uh still image of the undead army uh, allegedly undead army with Thrawn. (laughs) no we're hanging our hat on (laughs) it i think um it reminds me of all those memes about how they introduce all these new trooper designs just to sell more toys and they were just completely out of ideas and dave filoni is just tossing up a roll of red tape in his office thinking like "Uh, i don't know i don't know and then Catches it and like falls on a stormtrooper. I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah. wrap him in red tape. Okay, <laughs> I like,
1: I like, your like head sick kid.
0: I l- let's just agree right now that this is an army of the undead because I'm already annoyed by all the articles that are be coming out over the next week, being like, so what's the deal with Thrawn's army? And then it's going to be like talking that's, about how like this yeah. is like such an idea, and it's like, well, no, I feel like they pretty obviously hinted at what's going on here.
1: The worst part of the show. Is the articles that come after from Screen Rant and all these other places that are just like you won't believe this episode or Star Wars fans are upset or Ahsoka breaks the one rule George Lucas said not to break. It's sometimes
2: like sometimes I worry you guys don't know what clickbait is. You are, are their
1: ideal reader. I know it's click. I know it's clickbait, but it upsets me to no end that it's just like no, stop it. <laughs>
0: It's social engineering. That's what they do. People, like, say all these things that you know are wrong because they want to be corrected because that gets them more clicks. Like, I yeah. saw this one theory that Shin Hati is Captain Phasma, and I'm oh, like, no. Oh, my God, I know. No, that literally cannot be. Captain Phasma has an entire backstory in a book that definitely confirms this is not the case.
1: But uh, That's the worst... It's like, I know it's... Again, I know it's clickbait, but the worst part is, again, that information is out there. Yeah. And it's just the, the lack, the laziness to do it, or, like, I... <clears throat> It's not the lazy, it's the willful
2: disobedience to follow what is already written but just to get me, clicks out of people like you. But it's the people that are seeing it. I don't click it, it that, though.
0: It's the, it's the other people that are reading that headline that don't know as much. Yeah. And they're going, like, oh, okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. And it's like, no, no, you're wrong. You were just misinformed. Yes. Or yeah. it's
1: just the, 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 the person that's getting paid 80 cents a word for, for an article or something uh, that's like, that needs to bulk up this stupid story that is so frustrating <laughs> to be like, and then not doing any research. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's how people, potentially that that's how fans like my barber, who I hope isn't listening to this right now, say things to me as I'm getting my hair cut, like how George Lucas is going to come back to Lucasfilm and they're going to retcon the entire sequel trilogy and Yoda is going to be revealed to be the big bad of everything. And it's like, I don't have time to explain how all of that is not true. I know.
1: <laughs> it's unfortunate to have... I've never been in the position to say it's unfortunate to be, like, smart or something, so I'm just going to say it, and it's unfortunate to have this knowledge, I guess. Because in any other aspect of my life, it's like, no, I'm I'm sure I'm wrong.
0: Uh, As I'm sure we just said a bunch of things, a lot of speculation that's going to age poorly as soon as more information is revealed in Ahsoka.
1: I'm okay with that.
2: Uh, (laughs) Does anybody have any force for thought? Uh, Yes, I do. It came to me during this episode of Ahsoka, in the one scene with Ahsoka, in the Prelude with Ahsoka and Hu-Yang in the ship. Did you notice Huyang yang keeps his hands on the space steering wheel the whole time? And I thought, that's awkward. Like, why don't you take a load off? Relax. But do droids need to? Is it just as comfortable for him to keep holding on? Will he keep holding on until something else that requires his hands requires him to let go? To it be lo- fair, it looked so unnatural, but then it really got me thinking, like, well... Is it unnatural?
1: If hmm. He also has two other arms and hands that he has not used, so those are chilling. So when yeah. you have four arms, with that being said, I think that relaxation is a thing for droids, because they wouldn't take oil baths, if not, presumably. Mm. Yeah, well, that like lubricates
2: their, their joints and stuff. Could feel great, though. Is it a sensation thing? Do they have Maybe. sensations? Yeah, because that droid in Return of the Jedi is getting branded, that gonk droid, yes. in Jabba's palace. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. So Hu Yang's just built different <laughs> I guess he's just—he's <laughs> built different he's I'm just trying to tough think. I'm he's being to responsible
1: he to... has 20,000 years of experience Some... he knows something that other ones don't <laughs>
2: that's
0: true anything could happen at any moment he's keep like keep your... your hand on the wheel
1: 10 and 2, Ten and two. <laughs> even
2: Even—even if you're flying in a space whale to a different galaxy you never know yeah I'm not trusting that space whale but
0: like when you picture C-3PO and he's talking he always has his hands kind of like in that little karate chop motion and he's like he's you know very animated with it and everything but like what's the alternative like think of Hu Yang just sitting there like what's he doing with his hands if he's not doesn't have them on the, the wheel
2: i know they they sometimes like emote with their hands to help communicate better but i guess he didn't need to in that particular
1: conversation but it
0: helps that Hu huyang has the eyes that can kind of open and shut a little bit it does it helps with the with the emoting
1: also one last little bit we watched this episode with your guys's dad the one and only sammy who uh, we always i always say sign off because he was like our first listener and i'm super glad a he's going to listen to this episode and b I'm super glad that he talks through things as much as I do. And just adds commentary, just like I do. Uh, I felt not alone this episode. Yep, you both certainly do that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I will say this. I don't think I do it as loud, but I do do it. <laughs> I think they're all funny.
2: Um, I have one more note to add, uh, topical, to this episode. I remember, Max, you and I talked years ago about all these uh, comic books you have on your wall. You have a collection of all of the Marvel Comics issue ones. And I remember I said years ago that Thrawn issue one might go up in value once Thrawn comes to live action. And that day has finally come. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to check that tomorrow. How about a double, triple, 20 times what it was yesterday.
0: Yeah, that's true. I might have to put that one in one of my good cases.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I might steal it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right off the wall. there would be a huge blank space right there. I'll be like,
1: "Eh, wasn't there something there yesterday? (laughs)
0: Alright, well let us know what you think Let us know what you thought of Ahsoka Episode 6 What you think is coming down the pike In episode 7 and 8 uh, You can reach out to us, find us across social media At Force for Thought on TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram uh, And give us, yeah, just, just talk to us, man <laughs> I lost it
1: <laughs> give a thumbs up say hi keep commenting on our stupid videos i can't say that yeah, I mean, they're fun yeah. but i don't make them so i can't
0: like like subscribe do whatever you can give us a rating wherever you're listening to us it really helps the podcast go a long way
1: yeah love you guys see you sammy